All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and your damn right NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all of the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Quigs, this isn't hockey related, but I would be remiss if I didn't start the show off by talking about New York Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito's agent, who was seen on the sidelines looking like an extra from The Godfather. I mean, he's got to be in the mob. Uh, His name is Tommy DeVito, so... Pinstripe suit, black fedora, black dress shirt, black tie. I know it was a bit. I know what he was doing. It's very funny. I think it's very funny. But like, let's also not kid ourselves. That was just his agent dressing how he normally dresses. <laughs> I Like people are thinking like, oh, that's such a funny joke. Like the mob. I get it. Like, no, that's that. That's how he dresses. He's in the mob, as is Tommy DeVito. As a resident of South Philadelphia who has seen a number of people that may or may not be in La Cosa Nostra. Listen, I know I, I know them when I see them. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's too obvious. It's too clear. I would join the mob. You would join the mob? I would join the mob. I imagine you joining the mob would be like when Mac on Always Sunny tried to join the mob. <laughs> I just can't imagine it going well for you. But I'm sure he'd wear the hell out of the tracksuit. Hey, Tony, let me tell you something. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me right back in. That's how it goes in the mob. In the, in the, Is that uh, your mob the, voice? Yeah. I sound <laughs> yeah. It's not a good mob voice. No. It's real bad. No, that's, that's where your, um, your southern mid-Atlantic upbringing uh, fails you. Because you can't do the proper like Jersey, Philly, New York voice there. Let me tell you something, Tony. <laughs> We're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to do what okay? we're going to do. We're going to do what we're going to do. You're going to see a guy. We're going to take him out. Bring, bring him down by the river. Put him in the river. Yeah, I'm done with this. This is really... this. At this point, this is cringe, what I'm doing. It is. So I'm, I'm, I'm cringing, but I'm just kind of this like office-level cringe. I'm just sitting here and laughing awkwardly at it. Have I talked about the time that I, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, a member of the mob used my phone. I don't think I know this story, Steve. (laughs) So I was, uh, FBI is going to hit me up immediately after this show airs, but I don't know that this guy's in the, but I had a neighbor who looked a lot like, who literally looked like he could have been on the Sopranos uh, on my old block. And I was walking down the street one day and I was friendly enough with this guy, you know, to say hello and we'd have some conversations and he one day asked if he could use my phone. His phone was dead or broken or something. And I'm like, 
yeah, you can use my phone real quick. It's fine. Like he was a neighbor, like a few houses down. I'm like, okay. Um, and he makes a call and he says, Hey, did you get the thing from Broad and Snyder? Okay. <laughs> and he hangs up and hands me back the phone. That's it. And then he, he starts to complain about what crooks the feds are. And then complained about his ankle monitor. And I looked down and lo and behold, there was an ankle monitor. Well, that sure is quite a uh, thing to happen to you. <laughs> sure is, pal. Sure is, pal. I I met Emily at the bus stop when she got home and I'm like, my phone is off. You should turn yours off too. Oh boy. So we could talk. <laughs> I mean, hopefully nothing's ever come of it. This happened a couple years back at this point. But yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a suspicious phone call that that guy made on my phone. That is interesting. Um, I don't know what I would do. It may have been I a prank a call. I'm not it might lie. have been a prank call. It could have, it could have been a prank call. Could have been. Yeah. But that wasn't a prank ankle monitor. Steve, I or, so I mean, we started off the show with something unhockey related, and I also have a question for you that's not hockey related as well. My favorite kind. Lay it on me, pal. Have you ever gotten a boner on an airplane? Jesus Christ, what? Have you ever gotten a boner, a boner on an airplane? Wow. I was not expecting this, and the answer is no, my friend. Thank you very much. One of my friends, he, he, he swears that getting a boner on an airplane is normal, and not only is it normal, it's almost automatic for anyone who has a... Uh, a a a a uh, a schlong. So <laughs> automatic. That's not that's not accurate. No, I uh, I can't say that that has happened to me. And uh, I've taken a few airplanes in the past couple months, and uh, you know, not to give too much away, but yeah, that uh, it was not a thing that happened to me. I'm usually too uncomfortable on an airplane to even have such positive thoughts yeah no like like the airplane is there's way too much going on first things first it's the most uh um probably sexually unattractive place in the world to (laughs) it's all gray and disgusting and plastic yeah Yeah, gray plastic yeah and it's not even clean plastic it's like that white you can see like people's dead skin follicles embedded (laughs) into the white plastic in the plane and it's like the grossest start to a flape ever. It really is. <laughs> but like, it's just, it's a terrible play. And then I'm filled with anxiety because I'm just like, all right, I'm going to, I need to get my seat. And like, then I walk into my seat and there's this person who has the aisle seat, but I need to get to the window. So now I'm annoyed mm-hmm. that I'm annoying them because they have to get out so I can get in. And then you've got the whole line of people behind you. Yeah, so there's a whole one run- bag in the overhead. Exactly, there's a whole thing. And then if if no one is in the seat next to me, if there is no one in the aisle seat, I'm still terrified because I'm going to get the window seat, and I'm like, oh god, what if someone sits next to me? And so I'm just looking at every single person one by one as they walk by me, and then sure enough, there's that one person who starts to make eye contact with you with that. That smile of death. Excuse me, I'm just, uh, I'm gonna say, and, and I'm like, shut the fuck up and get in your seat. <laughs> just leave me alone for the love of God. Just sit on the wing. Sit on the wing. I will say, I did first class for the first time this year. La di da. I've never think. done it. 
the big bucks, it's worth it. It's worth it, man. It's not even that much nicer, but it's like you get a little bit more leg space. You get an adult-sized chair. Here's the thing. You get an adult-sized chair, and it's only two seats next to each other. That's my biggest thing. Whoever, whoever fucking decided, let's put, let's make the primary seating on an airplane three is a mad person. Like, that is just such an asinine choice. Three people? Nobody travels in threes. No. I mean, except for people. I mean, I've except, done it. except for like, people who do. But it's. But it's rare. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's. It's not perfectly balanced as all things should be. It's like, I, I've been the third person. Like, I've traveled with, uh, you know, before I met Emily, I would travel with two of my close friends who were married. And, like, I would just kind of be like, here's my, mar- here's the married couple. And this is Steve. Hi, I'm traveling for funsies. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that was a rare situation where three made sense. Three, everything, it should be four. Or it should be two and two. It shouldn't be three and three. That's fucking nuts. And it, it always pisses me off. And plus, like, how often do you, if you're traveling with someone, how often do you actually even sit next to that person on the plane? Like, because, I usually do. Really? Because for me, whenever yeah. I, even if it's just me and one other person, like, sometimes, like, all the seats are kind of, t- and we have to sit, like, separate from each other. You're not. Maybe I'm just getting selecting your seats. Well, I feel like it might. Do we have to do an airline ticket buying course over teams or something? Well, I feel like it's like a uh, it might be a Southwest thing because doesn't Southwest let you choose the seat? Southwest, you can choose the seats, but you your boarding kind of just depends on when you line up. Yeah, because uh, they only have like two boarding groups, I think, which is how I saw Jim Schwartz, Eagles defensive coordinator, on the same flight as me, sitting like <laughs> three rows in front of me. I remember you actually telling that story. Yeah, yeah, Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. It's the most famous person I've seen on a flight. Um, but yeah, like I almost always sit next to Emily. I was actually so. I had a trip in early September or no, no, no. This was the the more recent trip, the one to California. And we were supposed to go to Palm Springs and Palm Springs, is a little airport. So Philly didn't have any direct flights. So our options were pretty much either connect through Phoenix and go to Palm Springs or connect through Dallas and go to Palm Springs. And as an Eagles fan, I said, fuck Dallas, I'm going through Phoenix. And our flight got delayed and we were going to miss our connection connecting flight to Phoenix. So I talked to customer service and they said, your only option is Dallas or you have to wait like two days for another Phoenix fight. So you have to go through Dallas and you can either go right now or you can go home and come back at like five in the morning. So we went on the immediate flight and we got split up on the way to Dallas and Oh man, I was miserable and <laughs> split up. I ended up, I mean, thankfully I have, pretty nice headphones i have uh, not to brag but i have airpods and the <laughs> noise canceling on the airpods is pretty damn nice so i did just cancel out the entire plane and watch a movie i mean yeah that's pretty much all you can do like yeah and i'm good i have a very good bladder so i didn't have to get up once which was great yeah i never go to the bathroom on planes like even a four-hour flight i can last the whole flight without going it's pretty crazy i actually did it for the first time i think on this last flight and holy shit i don't know how people join the mile high club because that is a tiny ass bathroom. oh i don't understand it at all it's crazy um yeah. i uh i couldn't even move 
What was I about to say? God damn it. I just... I'd... Airline flight peeing boners. Oh, uh, God. Oh, f- famous people on flights. The only... Word association. The only famous person on a flight that I ever saw or met was... Uh, and technically, we weren't even on the flight because he volunteered. So they, they overfilled the flight. So they pulled like four of us aside and they're like, one of you needs to not get on the flight. And he, he volunteered to not go because he was a professional ultimate Frisbee player. <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah, I just have training camp starting tomorrow. So like. There's training camp for ultimate? Uh, apparently there is ultimate Frisbee training. Apparently there is a professional ultimate Frisbee league somewhere. And I've heard of this. I believe there is a Philadelphia team too for Ultimate Disc. Well, apparently this guy was a pro Ultimate Frisbee player, and I guess he had training camp the next day. And he's like, "Yeah, it's just training camp. I don't need to be there." So, just training camp. So, You're talking about practice, yeah? Not a game. Not a game. Talking about practice. practice. And the only reason he's out here, he's supposed to be the franchise player. Only reason I knew this guy was a pro Ultimate Frisbee player is because he told me. He was a pro ultimate frisbee player, so I didn't. The Philadelphia Phoenix are the men's ultimate team, based in Philadelphia in the Ultimate Disc League. Very interesting. I wonder how go. much rising like the Phoenix. What's funny about it is I bet their salary cap is about as high as the NHL's. <laughs> that was a fun conversation this week, because if you are. I don't know, living under, living in a cave somewhere, or I don't know, just don't have internet access. I'm sure you heard about the Shohei Otani contract. And by the way, one of the the worst L's for Toronto in recent years. And this is a team that perpetually loses game seven. It's so funny. So, oh my God, it was so fucking funny. Otani, like all indicators where he was going to Toronto and like, and just condolences to Thomas of Broad Street Hockey because I know <laughs> I was, he was really hoping I was about for it all to work out. I yeah, like, I feel Holmes. I feel bad for Holmes. I feel bad for Thomas, but also at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But of course, Otani decided to not sell his house and just stayed in Los Angeles and just moved to the team across the street with the Dodgers. So he signed with the Dodgers for, what was it, 10 years, $700 million? $700 million. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, Otani is phenomenal. He's one of the best baseball players I've ever seen. The fact that he's an ace pitcher and a the best home run hitter in the American League is unbelievable. Like, Babe Ruthian yeah. feats of strength in... 2023 it's wild but uh the thing is regardless like the fact that baseball doesn't have a salary cap and can make contracts like this is just hilarious and especially when you compare it to the nhl where the top players in the league are making like 14 15 mil for the entire contract no for a season 14 15 mil a season and like Otani, now granted, he deferred most of it to the end of the contract, so he's making like two mil a year right now. So that's like pretty on par with uh, some of the guys in the NHL currently. But that contract is more like he's making more annually than a lot of NHL rosters. Yes, he is. 
it's, it's like it's if you up. don't take into account the deferment, you know, like if you just cut up the contract, it's 70 million. If you think about the salary cap in the NHL, it's in the lower 80s. Yeah. Like, and you look at some of the top players in the NHL. I mean, who has the. Who has the most expensive contract right now? Is it uh, McKinnon? Or, or is it, it McDavid? I can't remember which one it was. But I like, mean, it was McDavid. I feel like, did Matthew surpass that recently? I am not. Ooh. That's I'm on Cap Friendly right now, so I'm going to check that out. Yeah, check out uh, Matthews. I'll check out McDavid. Let's see. Matthews. Matthews is going to be making thirteen twenty-five. Okay, so McDavid's making twelve twenty-five. Okay, there you go. And then has McKinnon signed an extension yet? I know McKinnon was. He's up there too. He's uh, also no McKinnon's making... got a great contract. No McKinnon's <laughs> McKinnon's making twelve six. Yeah, so I guess Austin Matthews has the most expensive contract, unless I'm forgetting somebody. But like, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, but like. You know, it's just so funny. Like, I always think about when I told a coworker at my old job who didn't follow the NHL about what the top and what the best NHL player made. And he's like, are you serious? Like <laughs> it's, Alexander it's Ovechkin makes what, like eight million a year? Yeah, but I think he he has an ultra long deal, so I think like the the cumulative value of his deal is the highest in the NHL. Is what I read the other day. Even still, like it's crazy. Even still, oh, like, it's ridiculous that his cap hit. Like he, he's the best goal scorer of Crosby. all time. Crosby's an all time player, and he's given the Penguins a friggin' eight point seven mil a season cap hit yeah. for his number. Like a cute little bitch boy. I'm kidding. He's great. I hate him. But like. <laughs> It's ridiculous, though. 8-7 for one of the best players of all time? Get out of here. Yeah. Like, o- o- Ovechkin is the best goal scorer to ever live, and he's making $9.5 million. Um, <laughs> like It's a joke. It- it's funny because I laugh. I scoff at $9.5 million. Like, that's not as if that's a salary I wouldn't do unspeakable well, sure. things to have. But, like. Sure. But, and I always put it in perspective with this, though. It's like. Just think about how rich the owners are, you know, yeah. like it's, it's all about perspective and guess what? These are the guys doing the actual work. These are the guys putting out the actual product for you. So they deserve the biggest chunk of that pie as far as I'm concerned. So the thing is the NHL is just such a notoriously cheap league and the worst players association, like every time they get into strikes, they get crushed and it just sucks. And it just feels like such a Mickey Mouse league compared to everybody else. The NHL and, and just, cheap. I, I know. I sure don't. Uh, mm, I, I should. Mm. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything more. It's you know Gary Bettman, so smart, so handsome, so tall. He's none of those things. By the way, the movie I watched on the plane did have a fake Gary Bettman in it. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I watched uh, BlackBerry, which is about the the phone, the BlackBerry, and. Research in Motion, the company that produced the BlackBerry, uh, was based in Canada, and apparently, one of one of the the co CEOs at BlackBerry slash Research in Motion tried to buy the Penguins back when Mario Lemieux bought them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. And that's the one scene. So, Glenn Howerton, who is Dennis Reynolds on Always Sunny, played this co CEO of the company. He actually 
shaved a bald pattern onto his head for this, by the way, it's just <laughs> ridiculous for this movie that like, I don't know, I watched on a plane and I'm sure most people haven't seen uh, entertaining enough, but there's one scene and it's the scene with Gary Bettman and the board of directors at the NHL that he goes full Dennis Reynolds because he's outraged because they basically all turned him down for buying the team. And it is honestly, I was like, I almost laughed out loud on the plane watching this because he just turned into Dennis Reynolds, but bald. <laughs> That's awesome. I needed to, what it's called Blackberry. Yeah, it's called Blackberry. Right, I, I mean, I would, it, it was, it was a fine watch, but like, if you watch one scene, watch that scene. It's hilarious. Fake Gary, by the way, could have done better. Could have done better. Why did I sound like the old, like when I said, oh, that's nice a few seconds ago. Why did I? Oh, that's nice. Why did I sound like the old lady from Mr. Deeds when he tells the old lady Mr. on the Deeds. bench? He tells like this old lady on the bench, my uncle just died. And she's like, well, that's too bad. And then he's just like, he gave me $3.5 billion. There was something like that. And then the lady's like, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are being played by Adam Sandler. Maybe hey, that's been your deep, dark secret this whole time. It might be it. Or he's your writer. Yeah. He's in your brain writing all your lines. Yeah. I don't think that's it. I would be a lot funnier. I don't think that's it. If, it will be. But. In theory. In theory. Yeah. Hey, you're the one who asked me if I've ever, you know, gotten a woohoo on a plane. Evidently, this is a hot topic of discussion. So I, me and my girlfriend met. Uh, our friends at um, we just for happy hour earlier tonight. And after I left um, to come home and st- like get ready to record, apparently they were all talking about boners on airplanes. <laughs> so <laughs> what, don't you ever, I mean, that is a bar topic. Don't you ever talk about a boner on an airplane, Steve? All the time. All the time. I wake up and that's what I talk about. I get a fresh cup of coffee and I'm like, hey, fellas, you ever get a a Woody on an airplane? What if you're just sitting on an airplane and you have like an open seat next to you and then a life-size boner walks on and sits next to you? Excuse me? Like a light, like a five foot ten boner with legs and arms. Sits next to you. I, on I, I, I will not stand for this slander of bald men like that. What have they done to you? <laughs> I don't know. We've officially gotten. It's too early for you this to be derailed like before we've dark. even gotten railed. Yeah, like <laughs> you veered us off a cliff. And guess what? This this isn't to, a plane. This to, is a train. You trying to get and railed? We're falling Steve? into the gulch. Yikes! You trying to? Yikes! You trying to get railed? You know, this is going to be like the first one that one of my coworkers listens to. Oh, it's going to be like, oh yeah, it's it's going to be, and uh, that's all for Steve's career. All right, good night and good hockey. But yes, you're not saying the crazy is... shit. I'm the one saying the crazy. Normally, I feel like for I once, I'm no, yeah. I'm normally the the crazy one. Normally tonight, I, I'm level and mature. I feel like I am pretty good about like sticking to you know sticking to the 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 show the the sheet and everything. And tonight, I just you're don't give a guy. shit. Wow. Well, that's probably because she had happy hour. Yeah. I had one drink. It was a passion fruit, passion fruit drink. It was great. Listen, I went to, I went to a bar back when I lived in Roxborough and I had one drink and a beer or one drink and a, and a burger. And that one drink was a triple IPA that was like 12 or 13%. And I just fell asleep on my couch when I got back. Yeah. Yeah. It'll do it. So sometimes one drink. Is all it takes. 
And yeah, let's talk about some hockey. Let's get into it. Let's do it. And let's talk about this Flyers road trip, which normally you can kind of quantify the road trip. It's a Midwest road trip. It's a West Coast swing. It's a Canadian trip. And this one was weird as hell. I have no idea how to classify this one. The Flyers went to Arizona to play in front of 5,000 roaring people. They went to Colorado and they went to Nashville. They went to Smashville. I I have no idea why they chose this route, but you know what? It went pretty well. They, it did go pretty well. Um, They went ahead. They got five out of six points. Um, Oh, wow. And like that game they played against Colorado was, I mean, probably their best game of the season. That, oh, that was God, I couldn't believe that. I it was very upset. I did not put a couple buckaroonies on the Flyers before that one because I was not expecting that performance. Very pleasant surprise. And man, the jerk store was open for business on this trip. Four goals in three games for TK, uh, specifically four goals in two games for those first two games, the Coyotes and the Avs. And Man, Travis Konechny is having himself a year. I know we've been talking a lot about Sandheim, and for good reason. Sandheim's having a great bounce back here. But TK, he's doing it again, man. He is up to 16 goals on the season now. He's tied for sixth in the NHL with Pasternak, Panarin, and Hyman. That's behind Besser and Matthews, who have 21, Kucherov, who has 19, and Reinhardt and Connor, who have 17. Pretty damn good company for TK. Yeah, the uh, TK has been great. Uh, as you mentioned, Sanheim, he's also been great. The Travises, the uh, the, Travi the Travi, are both doing Travi. very, very well this year. So you love to see it. And especially because they're kind of like besties on and off. Oh, the yeah. Desk, Travis so. Squared is adorable. They grow terrible goatees together. and Yeah, they got to shave their faces. <laughs> they really do. TK at least is like coming into it a no, little bit. No, like it still looks Sanheim, bad. it just never looks. It's not the best. I, I listen. It T- ain't no coots beard, that's for sure. No, TK is great, but TK, I know you're listening. You got, you got to shave that facial. Big hair. fan, big fan from way back. Yeah. Flypaniac from day one. You got to get rid of that facial hair, dog. It's looking, <laughs> it's looking raggedy rough. Dude, he can wear whatever the hell he wants if he's gonna play like this. Yeah, no, you're right. And plus, he's he's the he's the owner of the jerk store. Like he's this is what he does. He is the jerk store's all time bestseller. He's the owner. He works it 24 hours a day. The man is here to irritate and score goals. And it, what a what a road trip for TK. He also had a point in the Predators game. Still leading the team, which is awesome. You love to see it. Coots had a great goal in that Predators that was awesome. game. Where, that was Mr. Chestnut Checkers coming out there. He waited and he took... How did he score from that angle? He was basically at the side of the net. It was a really, yeah, that was a really cool goal. Basically, it was kind of like, um, you know, they, they come down. I, th- I believe it was Konechny. Or what, oh, no, excuse me, no, it was yeah. Farabee. It was Farabee who, who Farabee. actually oh. passed the puck to Couturier in the rush. It was a, uh, I think it was like a two-on-one or th- like even a three-on-one kind of rush. And um, basically, Farabee fed the puck over to uh, Sean Couturier. And he kind of like transitioned from forward skating. Like he was gliding forward and then kind of like, it's almost like we talk about that half turn style move that he does in the shootout. Like he kind of, it's now his signature move. He kind of did that, but like with the puck, like right after it landed on his stick, like right after he like caught the puck from Farabee and he just waited 
until his the patience. Yeah, his body was like behind the net, but the stick was still like right at the side of the net. And he just kind of like plopped it right through, right past uh, UC Saros, who was annoyingly incredible in net the other day. Oh my God, the, the Flyers should have smoked the Predators in this game. They yeah. outshot them 39 to 22. And if it wasn't for Saros, they would have put up another like four or five goal game. He was just that good that night. He, like, he was good. That was legitimately, you know, I said it was like a pretty, 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 pretty good road trip for the Flyers, but actually it was a really damn good road trip for the Flyers. They smoked the Coyotes. They really had a great game against the Avalanche and they had a great game against the Predators. Just the Predators took advantage of a couple situations and Saros was great in that game. Yeah. Like to me, the Predators game was more just, it was a Saros game where like UC Saros was just on and like, it, like the goalie stole the game for the Predators, I think. Um, but like, I, I thought it was a really good game from the Flyers. Like, you love that they came back. You love that they forced overtime. Um, and I mean, yeah, the ending was a little disappointing. I'm sure. I I, I know Sam Erson wasn't thrill, thrilled about it whatsoever. But like, um, still they got a point. They got five out of six on the road trip. That's pretty good. Like, you can't really complain too much about that. Well, and how could they not be fired up in that game after Andy Frost, father of Morgan, came out oh. and just <laughs> did the pregame lineup, the starting lineup, and oh, he was awesome. I, I loved Andy Frost. What a beauty. What an absolute beauty he is. And then Sean Couturier's dad after Couturier's goal, how he was just kind of like, you know, they showed him up in the press box and he was smiling, he was laughing, this and that. Oh, just, that's where he gets his coot smile from. Oh, I, it was so wholesome to watch Sean Couturier's dad just beaming. Like, it was nice to see. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, that, that was a fun game. It was a really fun game to watch. So It was a fun game. You know, it's a shame it ended like it did. But the Flyers still got a point, yeah. And they're still hanging in there in the upper half of the standings in the division right now. And they're just playing fun hockey. Like, I don't really even care where they end up in the standings right now. I'm having fun watching Flyers hockey. It's really nice to see. Like, we all came into the season expecting the worst. We were expecting them to be, like, a bottom seven, bottom five team in the NHL even. And so far they've been – they've surpassed everybody's expectations, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, And I think, again, we talk about it all the time. A lot of people are are all, you know – they're all moaning about, oh, we need to get a higher draft pick. We need to start losing games. Like, again, the kids are the ones playing very well, and they are the ones who are kind of guiding these these wins. And that's what you want to see from a team that's rebuilding. You want to see the young players playing well, and that's what they're doing. So it, it's an exciting time right now. Real exciting and... Yeah, I don't even know who I want to talk about because I'm just having fun watching so many of them. I mean, TK continues to impress. Uh, I love that Sean Couturier is still he's back. working strong. He's back. he's back. He's all the way back. He's absolutely back. Yeah, he's so back. Um, he he's he so looks back. good. And it's just like, you know, we all had that big question mark at the beginning of the season. Like, how's he going to look? How long is it going to take him to get back up to speed? And when he does get up to speed, is he going to be this typical, like, you know, Selkie trophy candidate that we're used to seeing. And he's answered that question with a resounding I'm back, bitch. So, uh, love that from Sean Couturier. And, 
yeah, it's it's cool to see him playing as well as he is, and he's still got obviously like his two hundred foot game is is excellent. It remains excellent, and uh, it's just good to see that he's not really hampered at all by the back surgeries that he underwent the last couple of years. It was such a question mark. I was really worried that the Flyers had signed maybe one of the worst contracts ever by giving him that long-term extension. Yeah. But if he can stay healthy and play like this, I'll, I'll happily pay him that contract. It would be cool if he can continue that. Um, be pretty swell. Pretty swell. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on the, the note of, to- of contracts that, you know, one would regret, Rasmus Ristolainen is back in the lineup. Uh, Stahl and Ristolainen have come back, but Stahl's kind of taken a back seat and been up in the press box and for good reason, because he stinks. But uh, Risto's been in there, and... Steve! What would you say about Risto? Rist- he's, uh, he's getting third pair, of mi- third pair of minutes and five mil a season, but who cares about that? Because the, the cap money, you know, the Flyers... It doesn't matter to the Flyers. What what? How has Risto been? Risto has not been bad, Steve. Like watching oh Ristolainen play, it's not like he's he's a game changer or anything like that. Like w- when you watch the Flyers right now and you watch the players on the back end, you see Travis Sanheim and he jumps out immediately. Like the way he's playing right now, he he catches your eye and he's making a big big impact. Um, Rasmus Ristolainen isn't quite doing that, but. That's not to say he's playing exactly poorly, I think. Um, Believe it or not, like, he is actually up there toward the top of the list of of all the players on the Flyers in uh, expected goals for percentage. Oh, so like I'm actually, I don't believe it. Wow. He has a 57.39 expected goals for percentage, according to our friends over at natural stat trick. Um, now granted that number might be a little skewed because his sample size is a lot smaller than everyone else, but, um, I don't think he's been bad. He, he hasn't been again. He, he's not some sort of game-changing player and he's not really the, he's still far from being the best player on the Flyers back end but um he's been okay and that's kind of what you want are you it's really all you can hope for from him at this point in his career and at this stage in his contract so yeah he's he's fine he's not he's not gonna win the Flyers any games but uh how about him manning the power play the power, he's he's taking the point on the power play. I think play this now. is mainly why I wanted to bring it up because like, what the hell was that, Tortsy? He's mixing it up, Steve. Mixing it up a little I bit. I guess. I guess when your penalty kill is that much better than your power play, you need to mix it up wherever you can. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a weird. They're just trying everything with the power play right now, which I support because. I mean, they just need to do anything that maybe have they tried. Works. Have they tried removing two players so that they have less than the other team? Exactly. They need to trick the power play into performing well by removing the advantage of what makes it a power play and actually making them shorthanded. So that's because, like, like, for instance, that Couturier goal the other day against uh, Nashville, it came just after the penalty kill it came like as Farabee got out of the box yeah it was all momentum from the penalty kill and it, it is still 
pretty wild to me that we're talking about how exciting the Flyers penalty kill is after years and years and years of garbage. It's fun. It's fun to watch the Flyers penalty kill. Like it's, I've had a great time. I'm sure a lot of people have uh, have been enjoying it. I know a lot of people have been enjoying the uh, what are the, what are they calling it? The power kill is what the they're power kill. So I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Um, Steve, I have some interesting numbers here. I like numbers. that. I think you will find uh, enjoyable. So the uh, Nick Sealer Sean Walker pair um, is. One of the Flyers' best pair. Honestly, it, it is the Flyers. It is the best pair that the Flyers have. They have a 54.73 Corsi 4 percentage at 5 on 5. This is through 28 games. They have a 64 goals 4, 64.0 goals 4 percentage at 5 on 5. And a is that good? 61.68 expected goals 4 percentage. That is incredible. I mean, they are just a dynamic defensive pairing right now, which is crazy because it's Nick Sealer and Sean Walker. But like, listen, we've seen Sean Walker from the start of the season. He's not the player that was hampered by his injury over the last couple of years. Like this is healthy Sean Walker and healthy Sean Walker is a very good player. Nick Sealer. We saw him kind of take a big, a significant leap last season and he's kind of continuing it this year too. He's not putting up any many points or anything like that, but he's he's doing stuff and that's good. And they're Nick Sealer is like one of those guys who is just good at his job. Yeah, like you don't get worried when he's on the ice. Like when you see uh, like listen, I'm not trying to pick on Mark Stahl here, but when Mark Stahl comes on the ice, you can pick on Mark Stahl all you want, buddy. You, you, you can you, pick on him all day. You see Mark Stahl come onto the ice and you kind of <laughs> You, t- you get a little tense for a, for a I'm minute. I'm in there, danger. So. <laughs> but like Nick Seal, listen, there's a reason why apparently, according to reports, I believe it was uh, Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts who mentioned it. There's a reason why teams may be sniffing around making a trade for the Sealer-Walker pairing. Not just one of them. Oh, let's do it. Both of them. So you and I will play defense on the third pairing for the rest of the season to make that happen. I'll do it. It'll be great. <laughs> I will die. One shift dead. It would be, uh, yeah. It'd be a glorious death, though. I get that sweater immortalized in the rafters. Yeah, no, it'd be incredible. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what number would I wear? I don't know. But That's always a good question. It, it, that, I mean, listen, that pairing's been excellent. And um, it's just, you got to love what you're seeing from Sealer, Walker, um, even Ristolainen has shown some positive signs since coming back into the lineup. Um, I'm not saying that he's that he's been great, but you know, he's he's done saying. he's done some things. So and that's great. He's done things. Yeah. And hey man, like Cam York, not always the prettiest game, but he scores some damn fine goals here and there. Oh, that was a beauty he scored the other night. Oh, it was real nice. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about that real quick. Like that was awesome. And I mean, we've talked about Sandheim's offensive production this year. It's been been really special to watch. Been enjoying the hell out of that. But yeah, I mean, the defense I think is one of the reasons that this team has actually been competitive and they're actually towards the top of the Metro standings. Because when you looked at this defense coming into the season, yeah. you're like, this is garbage. What am I even looking at here? And 
even just getting competent play makes a huge difference because we've seen the Flyers when the goaltender's fine, but the defense is completely awful and terrible and it hasn't been pretty. Yeah, no, I mean, like coming into the year, you mentioned it. Like, I, I didn't know how the Flyers were going to go a full season with this group of defensemen and like perform well. Um, it looked like the Flyers were destined to, you know, let up like four goals a night, like average four goals, like something crazy because this is just, it was such a shallow group of defensemen. Like it wasn't deep at all. And the guys they did have weren't exactly game changing players. Like Travis Sanheim was coming off a disastrous year. Um, Nick Sealer was solid last year, but he's, he's Nick Sealer. Sean Walker is coming off an injury and he has never been exactly an all world defenseman. He has showed signs of being good in the past. He has surpassed expectations. He's very, very good. Cam York started last season in the coach's doghouse. He did. Yeah. He started in, in Lehigh Valley and Cam York is still, he still has some little hiccups here and there. Like he's sure he's not quite a finished product yet. So he's going through the motions still as well. He's a young guy, though, and uh, the thing is, like, he's a guy that you had question marks about coming into the season, and Stahl washed, I think we've all been proven right on that one, Mm. and, you know, Risto, we talk about him a lot for good reason. He's, you know, he's a big guy who's kind of still somehow figuring out his game, but the thing is, you had just a terrible recipe here. You had a recipe for disaster, and it's, it's actually been pretty nice. Yeah, it's 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 an entire um, it's an entire kind of I guess it's a little happy accident. I don't know if it's the I don't even know if that's the way to describe. It. Like it's kind of a happy accident, but also it makes me wonder. Like you know, did they kind of see this coming? Is this what they were planning? And you know, John Tortorella is famous for putting together some pretty solid groups of defensemen and on the teams that he's coached. So like, maybe this is just par for the course for a John Tortorella coach team, but um, yeah, no, it's interesting. It's a really, really fun. uh, It's, it's a fun group of defensemen right now. And I I wonder how, uh, you know, how they'll continue to play throughout the season and um, who stays, who goes. I mean, right. And I think that's the craziest thing is that we're now asking ourselves, is it a hard question on trading certain guys where it seemed like a real obvious fire sale before the season. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, we were talking about it before, like Cam Atkinson, uh, Travis Konechny, Carter Hart, Sean Walker, Nick Seal, like all these players, everyone assumed like, Oh, well, they're all going to be gone. And it's just like, you know, with the way that some of these guys are playing, who knows what's going to happen here. So I, I, st- I personally still think at least one of Sean Walker and Nick Sealer will be moved. Um, because I, I mean, Danny Briere came out, he, he did an interview with, um, NBC sports, Philadelphia before the game the other night. And he basically confirmed like, we're, we're, our plan has not changed. We are sticking to what we're doing. We are still very much in a rebuild. And I believe he said basically the same thing to, uh, Charlie O'Connor with, uh, PHLY. So like it's, who's that? Some guy. Who the fuck knows? Some guy. Um, yeah, I never heard. Of him. Me neither. But, <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, he said the same thing to Charlie, basically. And so it's just like when that's when you hear that from the GM. I mean, that that's you kind of want to hear that. You don't want them to be disillusioned into thinking that there's some sort of 
Stanley Cup contending team because let's be honest, they're not and they won't be for years. Um, but they are, in fact, right now, against all odds, a good team. And you love to see it, Steve. You just love to see it. You actually do love to see it. It's a, a fun team right now. Let's hope that the good times keep on rolling. Going to be an interesting week ahead for the Flyers. Uh, the Capitals are next up. And Virginia's own. Flyers. Virginia's own. God, should we talk about this before we talk about the Flyers cast matchup? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, well, why not? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's, I don't know how much we can really talk uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm disappointed by this news, but uh, it was announced that the Washington Capitals and the Washington Wizards are going to be moving out of the city of Washington, D.C., and they will be moving into a brand new facility being built over in Alexandria, Virginia. And it's a bummer, man. Washington had one of the most accessible stadiums by public transit of any in the league. And it was a, a pretty cool location. I mean, I know, you know, it's downtown, so you're going to run into some issues with that. But I don't know. I love the fact that they were right downtown. And I always think it's lame as hell when a team doesn't actually play in the city it's named for. Yeah, no, that's a weird thing that annoys me, too. It's kind of like how, like, the dumb Dallas Cowboys, they, they're they not even in Dallas. They're in Arlington. So, like, yeah. get over yourself. Uh, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. New Jersey. North Jersey. They don't even play in the right state. Not the right city. Not the right state. What are those morons doing, Steve? Um, they're the North Jersey Giants and Jets. Like, yes, they are. It's very obvious. The, like, embrace it. Embrace it. You know, I give the Devils a lot of shit, but you know what? They embrace New Jersey. Good on them. Yeah. No, I, I mean, good for them. Yeah, I I don't know why you would do that, but that's cool. I don't know either. And, uh, you know, now we have the honor of New Jersey's own the Jonas Brothers playing before the Flyers-Devils game. So but we got that. Oh, baby, I can't wait. My girlfriend loves that. She's, I told her about it. She cannot wait to watch, not the hockey game, but definitely the Jonas Brothers, which honestly, fair. I get it. Fair. You know, I, get I it. mean, it's Flyers-Devils, so... It's Flyers. I don't. Even I'll tell game. you what, Flyers Devils, which used to be insufferable to watch, it's going to be fun to watch in the not too distant future. I think the Devils are actually fun for once, they are. which is terrible. But you know what, they are, and the Flyers are fun. It's it, it'd actually be a good game. I'm, maybe I'll go. Yeah. No, I don't think. No, I'm, but maybe I'll go. I'm d- I'm definitely not going. But um, <laughs> speaking of the, just back to the Capitals real fast. Did you see the mock-ups of the new like arena that they're like? Oh, playing? I have not seen that yet. Let me check that out. So apparently, there's like a metro um, station that's like connected to the arena. So it's like. You can, it's still very, evidently it will still be very accessible, um, via the train. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, Everybody loves the last stop across the river. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. That'll be me and my, one of my very, very good friends, Matt, we would always, always, always go up to, uh, Washington DC and catch Flyers Capitals games. I would wear my Flyers stuff. He'd wear his Caps stuff. And uh, one thing I'll say, like, uh, Capital One Arena, formerly the Verizon Center, um, that's an awesome, awesome hockey venue. Like, Caps fans, like, you can say what you want about the Caps and their fans, but, like, that's an awesome hockey atmosphere. I mean, they go, they are crazy for the Caps up in D.C. And so it's kind of a bummer that, like, it's going to be, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's going to be that they're going to be moving elsewhere because people are, you know, people may not be as gung ho about traveling 
a little further outside of the city than they are about just simply walking down the street to the arena. Yeah. And just the whole thing's a bummer because it's yet another example of one of these billionaire owners who I was complaining about earlier, uh, just not willing to just shell out money for their own project. Mm -hmm. Like the thing is, if you're a billionaire, okay. And you want an arena for you to make money off of, just shell out the money yourselves. But no, no, we need $600 million from the already cash-strapped city of Washington, D.C. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. I hate it. It's, it, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I know anything about money managing billions of dollars, but get your head out of your ass. This is a, uh, you know, it's it's bigger than you. You got a whole city of people who want to who want to continue watching hockey at this building. And uh, because you're stupid, it's not going to happen. So Uh, I I hate it. I hate it so much, but yeah. uh, So the capitals, uh, the flyers are, are they home for this matchup or are they away? They're flyers are home. So the flyers return home, take on Washington should be, I think it's going to be a a good matchup because they're, they're neck and neck in the standings right now. Washington is crazy. That started. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like, they were miserable. So, like, there was a time where they were averaging fewer goals or almost as few goals per game as the San Jose Sharks when the Sharks were winless. So, yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, and it's there's two interesting matchups because then they also play the Red Wings, who I think are, are pretty similar to the Flyers in a lot of respects. I mean, they're a team that's been building up for a couple of years now, and obviously... Former Flyer Shane Gostis-Pair doing pretty well there. Yeah, Ghost is there. Uh, our old friend Pat Kane is there. Uh, so good. To oh see. yeah, big, big friend of the yeah, show, right? Good there. to see. Good to see Pat Kane wearing the uh, the red and white. Um, yeah, no, that'll be an interesting matchup too. And, and another thing to keep in mind is that Dylan Larkin is out for a while. So, um, and so is David Perron. David Perron is he's suspended for what i think it was like six eight games something like that after he basically tried to kill somebody with his stick so that's cool um (laughs) but yeah so i mean the red wings are gonna be pretty shorthanded uh that could give the flyers a pretty pretty nice leg up in that matchup so we'll see what happens by the way that's one of the huge differences between the nba and the nhl is that you could try to kill somebody with your stick in the nhl and you get like eight games and if you take a swing at somebody in the NBA, you're suspended indefinitely. Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, granted, what Draymond... So, if you don't follow the NBA, uh, Draymond Green, one of the players on the Warriors, took a swing at somebody a couple weeks ago, and then he just flat out, like, punched a dude yesterday, or the other day, and he got suspended indefinitely. And granted, I think it was deserved, but, you know, the level of violence between the two sports is just kind of hilarious. It is very, very funny. It's just accepted, and it's just, not to sound like an old man here, but, like, it's just part of the game in hockey. It's part of the game. Part of the game. I don't know why Admiral Akbar said that, but it's so big. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> it's part of the game. It's a trap. Don't fall into it. Stay stout. Fighting belongs in the game. Doesn't Batman say that? It's a trap. It could also, I mean, Batman could also say it. I mean, Admiral Akbar from Star Wars is the uh, number one It's a Trapper, but I'm sure at some point Batman has said it's a trap. Yeah. Or if he's Adam West. uh, I'm sure Adam West, Batman, said it's a trap, but he did not use the raspy voice, chum. But yes, anyway, I diverge, as I often do, back to the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers 
And yeah, I mean, they're so the Red Wings are 15, 9, and 4. The Flyers are 15, 10, and 3. So they're they're pretty, you know, darn identical so far this season. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be a fun matchup, I think. Um, you know, I, I think you gotta just kind of is that game at home? I, I forget. That is at home. That's at home. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Um, you know, you got the Caps, you got the Red Wings. Nice little um, kind of mini home stand there. And then you head right back to North Jersey and you face the Devils after that. So that'll hey, be. How about that? Yeah. Hey, and speaking of the Red Wings, you know who the Flyers play on Friday, December 22nd? The Detroit Red Wings. And you know what's going on that night? BSH, your pals at BSH are having a little old watch party over at the casino down by the stadiums over at Sports and Social. Come on, hang out with us at the live casino. It's going to be a great time. We got free food. We got discounted drinks, drink specials, things of that sort. And I think we might be working on a couple little raffles and stuff. We'll see what happens. But we got some fun stuff going on. Come hang out a couple days before good old Xmas. Go hang out. You won't. You won't. You won't. I dare you. You won't I do it. Dog dare you. You won't. You won't do it. You won't do it. Come on. Too much corny. Yeah. Yeah. You're too much <laughs> of a coward. You won't go. Too much of a coward. Just like those cowardly St. Louis Blues who decided to part ways with good old Chef Baruby today. Craig Baruby, old friend of us Philadelphia Flyers fans, he had a hell of a run over in St. Louis, and it has all come to an end, and I guess because they were very, very mediocre this year. In the words of Vince McMahon, you're fired. Um, he is out. Was it Vince McMahon, or was it a, a certain uh, <laughs> ex-president? I don't know who you're referring to. Vince McMahon, oh, sh- uh, you're fired. Sure. Uh, 13-14-1, the St. Louis Blues this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like they were – it's not like they've been – abysmal i mean they haven't been and it's good. not like they had good talent they they traded away some of their best players yeah like uh, i don't know like, like you don't just replace a vladimir tarasenko no it's not exactly an easy thing to do and so it's it he was in a bit of a diff- difficult situation i didn't think he was gonna get fired i didn't think that it was like if they fired him i i assumed it was gonna be at the end of this year like that i could have seen i didn't think they were gonna fire him mid-season um, right. That surprised me, but, um, I guess they got to do what they got to do. He, you know, the team was not performing that great and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting time for the blues because I mean, you look at them now, you got a couple former flyers, you got Braden Shen, uh, you got Kevin Hayes, old, old Kevy over there. Oh, he's just getting guys fired left and right. It's it's. I feel bad for Kevin. He's kind of Chuck Fletcher, Craig Berube. You know, Kevin Hayes just a toxic influence. I'm kidding. Kevin Hayes seems like a nice guy. Now here's the big question, Steve. Does Craig Berube, Chief, Chief, come back to Philadelphia? No. Does he come back to Philly? Maybe he coaches the uh, the Phantoms. No, that's not going to happen either. But that would be, uh, you know, maybe maybe they bring him in, do some, do a little something, something. You know how much the Flyers love former Flyers. 
So Oh, they do love former flyers for sure. I love how and whenever having... I love how whenever a former flyer is all of a sudden available for a job, Flyers fans are just bracing themselves ready for that former flyer to join the Flyers to some degree. We have been hurt too many times to not brace ourselves for that. It's like if you live in the southeastern United States and a hurricane comes along, you prep for that hurricane, even if it ends up being a tropical storm. You prep, just like you prep when an ex-flyer becomes available in the job market. Exactly. It's like when there's a for when a a centimeter of snow is forecast in the state of Virginia, you got to go to the store. You got to get five gallons of milk, three loaves of bread. <laughs> you got to get you got to get locked down, ready to go in preparation. In, Sixteen pounds of rock salt. Oh, Steve, you already know. <laughs> so yeah, no, you got to be ready, and um, you know. Brace yourselves. Craig Berube. Everyone former knows. Former Flyers are coming. Yeah. Yeah. The former Flyers are coming. Um, you just got to assume like, hey, maybe maybe, the, maybe he finds himself back in Philadelphia one day. We'll have to oh see. Oh, my God. I mean, one day maybe. But listen, they got the power kill going right now. I don't need Chef anywhere near that. No, now, if absolutely power not. play. I'd be on board, but I don't think he can coach the power play as far as I know. Yeah, he did, Craig Berube doesn't strike me as a power play guru, so. No, not quite, not quite. Maybe if you want to bring Braden Shen back to run point. Of, no, I don't want Braden Shen. No, that's here. fine. They can keep him. Braden Shen drove me nuts at the height of his powers. I don't want him anywhere close now. Yeah, no. Young guys, don't, no more. Don't give me anybody over 30 on this team, all right? I'm good. Unless it's Claude Giroux. I can't remember the exact specifics of the story, but I actually heard a funny interview with Luke Shen. Uh, I believe this was... On, <laughs> I didn't know he was on Nashville. He's, in fact, on Nashville. He almost killed Garnett Hathaway, which is funny. Um, so I was listening to 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, and they were interviewing Luke Shen. And Luke Shen told a funny story about how... Um, there was one time, I can't remember who, it was either a fellow hockey player or uh, someone else, I can't remember, but he was with like someone who makes also lots and lots of millions of dollars. And um, he and his girlfriend or something had just gotten married and they all went out and had a big fancy dinner. And um, I guess Braden Shen reached out to Luke and said, hey man, uh, congratulations to you too. I'm going to pay for your entire meal tonight. And he was like, Oh, okay. Unbeknownst to Brayden, this other rich person that Luke Shen was with started ordering a shitload of the most expensive drinks that the restaurant or wherever they were had to offer. And the bill ended (laughs) up becoming obscenely expensive and Brayden Shen paid it all not knowing that there was a rich person just throwing money around and he ended up having to having to pay it all. So that's, I thought that was kind of funny. Poor Braden Shen. Couldn't rabbit punch his way out of that one. He could not. He, uh, I mean that, that check really, uh, I bet that restaurant bill really had its way with him quite like, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk back in circa 2011. Was that 2011? One of the worst fights of all time. It was so bad. It was awful. Oh, so bad. 
<laughs> I just like I think about it sometimes and I laugh because it's like well, what makes it funny is that like Braden Shen just like it doesn't matter how hard you punch him in the face. He just it's like it doesn't even bother him. So like for most people getting just absolutely destroyed like that in a fight would be like scarring, honestly, to your ego sure, and sure. to your face physically. For Braden Shen it's, it's like nothing even happened. It's just it was it's just funny. No big deal to me. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible fight. Well, Craig Baruby, we'll see where he ends up, but uh, he had a great run over in St. Louis. Uh, I still stand by the Flyers' decision to let go of him when they did. Uh, he did as well as he could have, and he evolved, he grew, and he did better with St. Louis. I still can't believe that team won a fucking cup, but they did. They sure did. All thanks to Jordan Bennington. All thanks to Jordan Bennington and ending up at some weird South Philly social club and hearing Gloria. <laughs> I always forget that that happened in Philadelphia. Like fucking Scotty Upshaw, man. Oh boy. The old city crew strikes again. He sure does. I think he retweeted me the other day. That was weird. Scotty Upshaw, huh? Scotty Upshaw. What's up, Scotty? I, uh, makes him a friend of the show, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess it does. Yeah. I guess it does. Friend of the show, Scotty. Come on, come on, come on and join are. us on Fly Perbally. Yeah, why not? Why not? It's a party, bud. It's a party. It is. All right, folks. Well, that's it. That's it. That's all there is. We're going to call it a day. But thank you so much for joining us on this journey we call Fly Perbally. If you have any feedback for us, I guess the best place is still social media. Or you can find us on a number of places. X slash Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Blue Sky, Instagram, TikTok. I got to do some more on that. And not Facebook because I gave up on that uh, many, many years ago. But it's Fly Perbly on Twitter, Blue Sky, uh, all that stuff. Instagram. Instagram's a big one. MySpace. MySpace, Friendster. And uh, I can't think of any good fake ones because I'm running out of steam. But uh, yeah, you can find me Fly Perbly on all those places. Estee Bomb on a couple others. Hooray! Quigs, where can people find you for feedback? You can find me on Twitter slash X at Ryan Quigs with a Z. Same thing with the Gram. Same thing with Blue Sky. Um, yeah, so find me there. Huzzah! It's also flyperbly at gmail.com. Gotta check that email. I keep forgetting. Oh, and thank you for reminding I got, me. I also forget. I got a lot going on. I got a lot going on these days. I'm a busy man. What can I say? But yeah. We all love and cherish you. Be sure to rate and review on your podcast service of choice. And we're going to call it a day. Thank you so much for listening. You're all beautiful people. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. One more time. This podcast is brought to you by the great people over at Bet Online. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.